Ranjit here. Hi guys, Alex again. And we're back with another episode. So um, what's, what's on the cards today, Alex? What are we talking about? So Ranjit, today we're talking about a current ban on force and possession orders and the latest exception to that ban. Okay. We're speaking about the current status of possession claims and briefly outlining what has happened over the past 12 months. It's been a volatile 12 months. There's been a lot going on, so we're going to have to try and cram a lot into this short episode today, aren't we? I completely agree. Today's episode is more of an informative podcast to give people an idea of where the law is today on possession claims and enforcement of those claims. I'd just caveat this also to say uh, that this is fairly fast moving, and so you may be listening to this few weeks or months after we've spoken and, and the law may have changed. So um, whilst this is a summary of the law as at the date on which it's being recorded, uh, it could well be out of date pretty soon. Um, so why, why are we talking about this subject? As you've alluded to, there's been a complete overhaul of the law in the past 12 months in relation to possession claims and it's very important for our audience to understand what their rights and obligations are today as they are as they may have significantly changed over the past 12 months and they may even change after March this year. And, and again, I think I, I'd add to that as well that the, the way we're looking at it today is from a, a landlord's perspective. Of course, they always apply to tenants as well. The way in which we're looking at it is from the landlord's perspective. So what, what was the position previously for a landlord? So previously, there were several steps a landlord must take to obtain possession of their property including serving a notice on the tenant seeking possession, issuing a claim for possession, obtaining a final possession order, and instructing bailiffs to evict their tenants. So pre-COVID, which seems a long time ago now, uh, landlords had certainty that once an order for possession was made, they could instruct bailiffs to evict tenants, and they could regain possession of their property within a matter of weeks or months. Yeah. A possession order in the county court could either be enforced by instructing county court bailiffs, as I said, or if there was urgency, um, an application for permission to transfer up uh, could be made and possession... Things would move a bit quicker. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, that applies to, to county court proceedings. If, if an order is made in the high court for possession, you don't need to transfer it up. It's already there, and so you can use the high court bailiff services. But 99% of these cases are fought out in the county court and so you'll have a county court possession order. So what's the current situation? What, what, what have the government done to, or what have they done in, in, as, as a result of the pandemic? So as a result of the pandemic, the government's main priority in terms of housing during the pandemic was to protect renters. Um, but this has resulted in hardship to landlords who are incurring significant losses from rent arrears, mounting legal costs, continuing obligations to pay their mortgage, and lost opportunity to rent their properties to other tenants. At the beginning of the pandemic, the government decided that they would introduce new legislation to protect tenants from eviction. There were three important housing supporting measures which were introduced and have been amended and extended since March 2020. Mm -hmm. The three measures which were introduced were namely the stay on possession proceedings, notice periods and ban on evictions. Okay, well let's let's talk about the, the stay first. So that was the, the first thing that came in right at the outset. And I remember uh, there was a, a fair bit of uncertainty about how it worked, but it, it, it became pretty clear that it was a, an initial stay, 90 days on, on all possession claims, no matter what they were, um, and that it applied to all possession claims, regardless of 
where they were in the proceedings and, and what the nature of those, um, those claims were. So it applied to commercial and residential premises equally. Um, some exceptions were carved out by the government, in particular trespassers, and uh, there were a few cases throughout the year testing uh, the extent of the stay and what you found was that the courts, and particularly the Court of Appeal, uh, construed the stay as wide as possible uh, and any exceptions to that were kept as an absolute minimum. I mean, uh, there was a case where judgment had been obtained and a party applied to lift the stay to have judgment handed down. Sorry, judgment hadn't been obtained, judgment had been... Well, the final hearing had taken place, judgment had been reserved, the judge was ready to, to give judgment and, and one party applied to have the stay lifted and uh, it was what well, it was found that, that it was still caught by the stay and, and couldn't be lifted. And, and we, had, we had a couple of cases as well where the courts went, well, they tried to bend their backs, or they, they did bend their backs to uh, ensure that no possession claims whatsoever went forward. Were there any cases where the stay was lifted? I think there was one first instance decision in the High Court where the stay was lifted and it wasn't appealed, but in a subsequent case in the Court of Appeal, uh, the decision by the first instance judge was criticised. Um, the stay was then extended again uh, after the first 90 day period. That was till the middle of September, 20th of September I think it was. Uh, and I think that was done in an effort to ease the pressure on, on courts. Um, and parties were required to reactivate their claims at the end of the, the stay. And the, the consequence of that is that if you don't reactivate your claim, it remains stayed. So I suppose the, court, the, the, the government didn't want the, the taps turned on in terms of thousands of claims being restarted at once. Although I don't think they've necessarily succeeded in, in their uh, desire and their goal. No, I don't think so either. Uh, what about notice periods, the second measure? Yeah, so these, so ordinarily or, or pre-pandemic, should we say, uh, you were looking at a two-month notice period on a Section 21 notice and generally two weeks on a Section 8 notice, although that depends on, on the, the grounds that you were relying on. That has been blanket extended across the board. So initially there was a three-month uh, notice period which was brought in between, I think it was March and, and August of last year, uh, for evictions of all kinds except for a couple of exceptions which were I think they related to harassment and nuisance but I mean fairly high threshold uh, grounds and then there was a further extension to the notice periods and we found was there was a blanket six months applied regardless of the type of notice save then uh, further exceptions were brought in and you had uh, serious rent arrears, I think it's four weeks, uh, antisocial behaviour is four weeks. But apart from that, you're looking at six months across the board. Okay. So I've, I think I'll uh, finish with the third measure, ban on evictions. Yeah. So once possession orders have been obtained, the next step for a landlord would be to instruct either a county court bailiff or high court bailiff. Um, on the 10th of September... The Secretary of State announced that bailiffs would not enforce evictions when local lockdown measures were enforced, which restrict access to premises to prevent tenants from being forced out of their homes at unsettling times in areas when the public health risk could be greater. I just pause there to, to add that this came on the back of the, the stay coming to an end. So during the stay, you weren't able to enforce possession orders either. So when you came to the end of the stay, and we were talking about reactivating claims earlier, Claims where a final possession order had been made didn't 
weren't, it wasn't requir a requirement that those be reactivated, they'd be automatically reactivated, so you could go straight to enforcement, but then as you say, they brought in this ban on evictions. Following the announcement of the new national restrictions on 5th of November 2020, it seems like such a long time ago now, mm -hmm. the public health coronavirus protection from eviction and taking control of goods, England regulations 2020 come into force on the 17th of November. Mm -hmm. These regulations prevented the enforcement of repossession orders by bailiffs against tenants other than in the most serious circumstances up until the 11th of January 2020. The regulations provided that no person may attend a dwelling house for the purpose of executing a writ or warrant of possession other than in certain circumstances. So some of the circumstances include where possession order was granted for the following reasons. So trespassers pursuant to a claim to which Rule 55.6 applies. Anti-social behaviour, where possession order was granted under Ground 8, 10 or 11 and Schedule 2 to the Housing Act. And this was a case which involved substantial rent arrears if the amount of unpaid rent on which the order for possession is granted is at least nine months and any unpaid rent arrears accrued after 23rd of March 2020 were to be disregarded. So that's quite a narrow band of exceptions. And so you've got trespassers, which there's obviously uh, policy reasons for that, antisocial behaviour, and that's a fairly high threshold to get a possession order on, and grounds 8, 10, 11, so that'd be rent arrears, but it's substantial rent arrears and only where there is at least nine months of arrears and nine months have had already accrued by the time the initial stay came in. Yeah, so very hard to for, for landlords, to, or, or very unlikely for landlords to fall into any of those exceptions, certainly not most run-of-the-mill cases. Yeah. Um, and so you, you said at the outset that there was a, a new exception that had been brought in. Can you tell us a, a bit more about that? Yeah, I can. So the regulations were extended, and well, they, I think they were extended on the twenty-first of February. Is that is that right? Yeah. So on eighth of January, um, they were extended to they extended the ban on enforcing evictions to the twenty-first of February. I see. Initially, the regulations introduced a new exception, which defined substantial rent arrears as a case involving an amount equivalent to six months' rent and it removed the requirement for these to have accrued before 23rd of March 2020. Okay, so what you're saying is that the, the nine-month period becomes six months, and the six months, it doesn't matter when it was accrued, as long as it has accrued. Yeah. But that, but that is, am I right in thinking that that's just where you've got a possession order on the grounds of... Eight, ten, and eleven. So, am I right in saying... Excluded section 21. That's right. So there was, there was a case, wasn't there, recently that went to the... It was in the Queen's Bench Division where they'd got a possession order under Section 21 and they went and argued, the landlord went and argued that actually the rent arrears pushed it into this exception and they should be entitled to enforce. But because the rent arrears had accrued, which had accrued were over six months, but I think the judge said, well, you know, the exception only applies where your possession order was obtained on those grounds, yes. not in this case where it was just a possession order on Section 21. Yes. Okay. I, I suppose the purpose of this is to to make things a bit easier for those who have sat for a year and not received any rental income or, or six months from rental income from their tenants. It's, it's allowed landlords to make an application for a declaration that their matter falls within the regulations, which they weren't allowed to do previously, uh, because a lot of landlords have suffered significant and substantial rent arrears during the period of COVID. So yeah. Well, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Because Yes, obviously there will have been cases, and we were dealing with cases where there were significant rent arrears built up prior to COVID. But the policy consideration here is that 
you've had some tenants just using COVID as an excuse not to pay their rent and knowing that they're not going to be evicted. And now if you if they have a genuine issue, obviously that's understandable, but if they've just sat on their hands and said, well, we're not going to pay because you can't get us out, I suppose it gives landlords some comfort. It does, it does. It's uh, Unfortunately, it's taken this long to bring these regulations and it doesn't include um, Section 21, mm-hmm. but it does provide some comfort to some landlords and hopefully we'll be able to assist them in getting their properties back. Yeah, and and you were we were saying at the outset that the law is ever-changing on, on this particular area. And am I right in saying that the current set of regulations expire on the 31st of March? They do expire on the 31st of March. And I believe we'll probably be getting an announcement in the next few weeks as to whether they're being extended or not. And if they are to be extended, I'm sure we'll get the regulations on the Friday before. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think you're probably right. I can't imagine that they won't be extended in circumstances where we're not yet out of full lockdown. Um, the economy hasn't properly reopened. And we don't have, oh, and they have extended the furlough scheme as well. So I think they don't necessarily go hand in hand. But I, I would be shocked if, if shocked is probably not the right word. I'd be surprised if they weren't extended further. So I think my main takeaways from this informative podcast today is: if you have a possession claim which was issued prior to third of August twenty twenty, you'll need to reactivate it by seven notice. Okay. If you need to evict a tenant, check notice periods prior to serving the notice. So, just to be clear, the notice for the reactivation is called a reactivation notice. Yep. And the second form of notice you're talking about is, is the statutory notice seeking possession. Uh-huh. Okay. And finally, if you already have a possession order, it may fall in one of the exceptions to the regulations and we suggest you seek legal advice. Yeah, very important to, to seek legal advice because these regulations are, are not straightforward. Well, thank you very much, Alex. Okay, thank you, Roger. Until next time.